We are going to mix things up. It's time. Let's do something different. In this episode, we're going to talk about your go bag. So what is a go bag? Well, it's a bag full of all your personal things, just your stuff, your clothes, hopefully some toothpaste and a toothbrush, maybe deodorant, things that keep you comfortable on a deployment, but it's also more. Maybe a metaphor? I don't know. Let's see. I invited Jonathan Davis on the podcast to talk about his go bag. And Jonathan has a unique perspective. As a U.S. Navy combat cameraman, he has schlepped imaging gear all over the world. And his go bag has been refined to the essentials through trial and error. Join in and hear some perspective about how your go bag impacts the ability to respond to disasters. So the background on this is I saw a great photograph on Team Rukon's Facebook page with your a photograph of your go bag. And it started to spark a conversation in my mind. And so I thought, screw it. I'm just going to give the guy a call and we're going to we're going to have a conversation about this. So recognizing that every territory has some training about your go bag and that, you know, of the thousands and thousands of members in Team Rubicon, everybody has an opinion about it, which I applaud. Um, but I wanted to kind of do a once over of the go bag and also use it as kind of a metaphor for what we were doing in the organization. But I think before we get into that, I'd like to hear a bit about yourself, your background, uh, where you came from as far as before you were, became a part of Team Rubicon, what you've done within the organization, kind of where you've been. Just like to, I think everybody wants to know who the hell they're talking to or listening to at this point. So for those who don't know me, I'm Jonathan Davis. I'm a storyteller, photographer, videographer for Team Rubicon. And prior to joining Team Rubicon, I was in the United States Navy for seven years. Um, when I joined um, my rate, or for those in other branches, my MOS, I was a mass communication specialist. And it's very similar to what I do now with uh, with Team Rubicon and that's just being a storyteller for the Department of Defense. In my career in the Navy, I was fortunate enough to be selected to become a combat cameraman. And so I switched from blue side Navy and joined the green side of it. And I had this amazing opportunity to travel the world. Uh, I was there a couple months after the, the Haiti earthquake providing assistance over there, telling the stories of what our men and women in uniform were doing to help that country. I did a lot of work in South America. I, I've pretty much been to almost every country in South America and just providing humanitarian work uh, to areas in need. And I've been to different parts of the Middle East supporting operations and for Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. Uh, in 2011, I got out, out of the military and I was kind of in a rut because I literally transitioned pretty quickly out of the military and found myself still in this high operation tempo that I needed to do something or... I was going to get lost in the sauce pretty much. Absolutely. We all go through that so, in different times. Yeah. So. And so my my wife 
she pointed out a TED talk to me and this is, you know, I'm not an academic at this time and I just got out of the military and I'm like, who's Ted? <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's not a person. I'm like, okay. And so I watched this, my first, my very first TED talk and it's Jake Wood talking about what team Rubicon is and what they were doing in Haiti and other parts of the country of the United States. And I was like, whoa, these guys are high speed. I want to be part of this. It's like what they were doing is like what I just finished doing for the military. Nice. So I signed up and back then we didn't have roll call or whatever it was. I think it was a Google form back then. Mm-hmm. And I just put my name down, and I think the the only obligation was what would your what's your skill set? And I was like combat combat cameraman, combat photographer. And I think a few months later, I got uh, I got a call asking if I can help uh, do some fundraising events, photograph it, uh, what they were doing to make some money for the organization. And I was like, yeah, I'm down, and Soon enough, I was uh, finding my my way to Moore, Oklahoma a year later for my very first operation. And from there on, I've been all over the world with Team Rubicon, just like I did with the military. But I'm, I feel like I'm making such a huge impact with the, the photos and the video and the, the written articles I've done for Team Rubicon and inspiring others who get to get to see it, get to see what we're doing. Well, I think that's a great segue into kind of what we're talking about today, which is that go bag in which, you know, this conversation was sparked by an image that was up on Team Rubicon's Facebook page. I thought it was a really cool image of your go bag kind of just all displayed out there. And to me, a go bag can be a lot of different things, but it's really as much as a physical thing to me, it's it. There's a metaphor to it. It's like, where's your head? What are you thinking? Where are you going? What do you plan on doing when you get there? And when you put right. it under the context of Team Rubicon and being given the opportunity to go out and deploy, which, you know, in this time, you know, right now we're in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic. It's crazy. Things change every day. You know, the idea of, of doing disaster work uh, for some folks is, is kind of out of arm's reach. But the reality is, is we still do, we're in that business of doing all the things. Uh, and, and I, I think that, you know, at some point in the very near future, we're going to get back to regular disaster operations. So I thought this good pause, this good tactical pause that we're in right now, gave us an opportunity to reevaluate what a go bag is, what it does for us, what does it represent to us as an individual, but also what does it do in the context of being a great teammate as you're providing humanitarian humanitarian services out on a disaster site. And I, I, I appreciated this photograph and kind of the conversation that sparked from it. Uh, we're going to, we're going to kind of go through what a go bag is, but I also I'm, I'm asking folks who are listening right now to realize that, there's a, there's a myriad of ideas around what this is and there's a myriad of places of success. But I think that in the end, it's what you're most comfortable with. And 
you know, with that, I, I mean, I'd love to hear kind of your whole idea about your go bag, uh, Jonathan, and, and kind of what, what emphasis you're putting on it and what you've learned from not only your military deployments, but your team gun deployments as well. Right. So for those who have seen my go bag or seen what I bring on deployment, I, I have to carry two bags. One is the initial go bag with all the, you know, the necessary things to get through at least a week long deployment. My other bag is full of camera gear <laughs> and very expensive stuff. It's the bigger bag too, right? It's, it's the bigger bag. Uh, we didn't get picked. Unfortunately, I didn't get a picture of that, but that's not the conversation. The conversation is, like you said, it's what is what is needed for a go bag. Right. And I've I've learned a lot when I was in the military, when I was a combat cameraman, and what is needed. What do I need in a in my go bag? Because very similar to what we do here in Team Rubicon, it's like you get the call to deploy, you know, and sometimes it's like you have 12 hour to 24 hour notice. Like you're going to be, we got airline tickets. You're going to be heading out tomorrow. Very similar to what I experienced in the Navy as a combat cameraman. We have a quick reaction force and you have to have a bag ready to go and be on a plane, probably hours, hours from the time you got the call to, to leave. And so I, I, I feel like when I first started as a combat cameraman, I was a little bit too gun ho. I put too much in my kit, too much in my bag, thinking, yep, I'm going to be hot shit. I'm going to be ready to do what I need to do. I have everything I need. I learned very quickly on a field training exercise, uh, the more you carry, the more the more weight that's on you and if you're moving Literally. around <laughs> when you're moving and you're you're navigating you're marching you're rucking it just you you your 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 tank the tank you know the gas in your tank's going to start going down and just i just remember finishing an exercise and got back to our, our camp that evening and I was just drained. I was, I was done. And it made me think to myself, if this was a real life situation, if this wasn't a training event, I would have let my whole team down. Yep. I would have let whatever I would, I would have uh, put a hindrance to the mission. And so really quickly, uh, and fortunately, I had re I have really great, uh, really great friends, really great teammates who are in com combat camera, com cam, um, that provided guidance, gave me tips. Those who are like senior to me, who've been out, who've gone and done real operations, they provided input because, you know, we're all brothers and sisters when we come to the fight, and if one of us is suffering. And especially due to something as simple as your own gear, we got you got to remedy remedy it quick. And so they provided advice. They gave me tips what I needed, what I didn't need, how to properly put it on me, how to attach it to my my kit. And it just it built rebuilt this confidence in me that maybe I can do this. 
And sure enough, you know, I deployed on multiple different uh, deployments in a short amount of time. And I just, I felt prepared. And what that did to for me as well is when the, the new guy comes up and they're struggling, I can provide that guidance, that assistance, you know, repay it back from what my fellow, you know, combat cameraman did for me. Cool. So that's, it, it, it rings true to what we do here in Team Rubicon. You know, um, you got to be able to be familiar with your gear. What are, you know? What do you really need to bring on a you know one week, two week operation? And I think that's where we can give some really great advice on this podcast today, and our our feelings on that. I I think that's a, a great attitude because I I've. I've been a part of a lot of different organization groups of folks that are curious, but by and large, this organization is hungry for knowledge. They want as much of it and the variety of it is, is there's a lot there. There's a lot of folks with a lot of great opinions, a lot of great backgrounds, a lot of great experience. And I think that that, that freedom of information between one another is fantastic. And, you know, somebody who's on their first deployment or their 20th deployment, each has a different perspective and they're both valid. And it's so fun to watch kind of new folks coming in, asking questions, being bold, taking a chance and, and talking to some folks who've been around and you know what, good on the folks who've been around. You've probably had this conversation before and I'm, I'm going to broach the subject hyper briefly and that is boots everybody has an opinion about boots i think that uh you know you talk to a sawyer you talk to somebody who's in command and general staff you talk to somebody who's been you know working really hard on homes in houston everybody has an opinion about their footwear uh, my only two cents on this is just make sure that they're providing the right support and comfort throughout the day so you don't have to worry about your feet and that they're appropriate to whatever job you're doing. Otherwise, I don't care. But I also know that we all have these great opinions about it. And, I, you know, I think for you, um, you, you obviously have a very clean kit. Uh, you obviously have a very, uh, uh, per, you know, very particular thing of, of what you're bringing. And, and I think that's great. I think when sharing that knowledge about what works for you and, and by your experiences is terrific. Yeah. And even with boots, with any of your gear, try it on before or try it on, <laughs> use it before you go on a deployment, you know, don't show up on an op with tags still attached to your brand new gear, yeah. especially boots. Oh yeah. Wear your boots. Oh, yeah break them in, get comfortable and, you know, just, just know, be prepared of with what you, what's expected of you before you even set, uh, set a foot out your door. You know, diff every operation's different. Almost every disaster, there's a unique, uh, uh, unique situation that's going on, you know, and just, you know, I'm, I'm always have to be aware on the weather, right? Is it going to be a, a location that's going to be cold? Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be humid? You know, cause that, that really changes the configuration of what you're going to bring. Absolutely. And that's from, that's from boots all the way up to what you're sleeping mm -hmm. in. And so I know 
I remember when I first started out with uh, my first my first deployment with with Team Rubicon was in Moore, Oklahoma. My first actual disaster operation, and I had this big, freaking thick uh, sleeping bag, and I was like, "Oh gosh, this thing is taking up more space than my bag itself." Right, and so it's like you don't know it until later. Like, oh, you know. I don't need this sleeping bag. I'm going to try to find something that's lighter and even has more, even more capable of what I needed to, for it to do. Um, yeah, you just, you want to, you know, do some research on where you're going, you know, and just have the, you know, the gear that's, that will fit that situation. But, it's always like right now is the perfect time for everybody from new to, you know, senior gray shirts to go back into their go back and just look what's in there and, and just see if what is needed, try out some new things and just be ready when, you know, we can all go out and deploy once again to different communities in need anywhere around this country. I think what's great about that too is, you know, because we all have opinions and we all have experiences that it's, you know, there's no one piece of gear that I feel, you know, everybody has to have because it's your comfort level. You know, for me, when I travel, I want to make sure that, you know, the creature comforts that, that I need. And it's really, I'm going to just say this, I, I can do without an awful lot, but I still need that morning hit of hot coffee and it can be horrible coffee, but I know I need to have it. And so, you know, I'm that guy who, you know, in my little toiletry bag, I always have a, a shit ton of those Starbucks via coffee things that I know that if worse comes to worse, even if it's just a warm water bottle, I'm good to go. But it's again, I'm taking care of myself. I don't want to have to, you know, rely on, on, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're deploying to disaster sites. And the fact is, is you're maybe not going to get the things that you feel you quote unquote need. Um, you know, when, when we showed up in Puerto Rico in 2017, and this is just a few days after the hurricane had landed, Hurricane Maria, you know, we, we hit San Juan. It was an absolute cluster getting vehicles and getting out of there. And, and as we headed out, you know, we were schlepping along like four or five bags of MREs. And if that doesn't hit you really hard, it's like, oh crap, we're lugging around our food for the next few weeks. And that was the real deal. I mean, that's, that's what we had, whatever was in those MREs is what we were going to be consuming. And that's a little daunting, I think for some folks. And, you know, that's not always going to happen. Uh, fortunately in, in team Rubicon's experience, for the most part, we have a fantastic group of folks who are making plans doing recons, advons, all those other things to provide services so that when gray shirts are hitting the ground and providing work within communities, they've usually got some fantastic digs uh, and or at least safe and reasonable digs. And I'm going to bring this up. I know there was an email out a few years. It wasn't a few years. I think it was last year. Jake put out about cereal and uh, I'm not going to, you know, ad nauseum go into that and I don't want it to be a negative, but you know, the reality is, is, we're there to go out and help communities that have been affected by a disaster. And, you know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, steaks and, and beers every night. It's not going to be, you know, your morning latte. 
Uh, you're not going to have a feather pillow. Uh, you're going to have to suffer a little bit because we don't want to be taking resources away from those communities. And that's challenging for some folks. And I, I'm going to throw that challenge out there that we can all handle a little bit of suffering and suck it up and get out of our comfort zone because we're, our motivations are, are pretty clear. We're just trying to help people. Yeah. And I think too, that once you do embrace the suck and when you, you know, finish the, your, your deployment, especially when you're a new gray shirt and you're going to realize so much more about yourself yeah. that you don't need so much. Right. You can do with very little and just come out like really humble about yourself. It's a growing experience. I know for me, like all these years, even I've been with team Rubicon for eight years now and every experience I'm learning from others, I'm learning more about myself and it's just, it's a rewarding experience to know what you're capable of doing with what you have. And I think it'll, I think it takes, time of course you know it takes a couple of deployments under your belt but i think you're gonna start realizing that you can really come out of team rubicon knowing that you don't need as much as you initially thought i i completely agree and, and I, I also think that you know if we're we're on this go bag as a metaphor that you know we don't need to suffer intentionally uh, you know, and that's where understanding no. your gear is like, you know, I know for me, I don't know if it's a habit I picked up from, you know, always having a pair of shower shoes in the Navy, but I always travel with a pair of flip-flops. Uh, I always do. And, yeah. you know, it, it allows me that ability to move a little bit different at the end of the day after getting out of my boots. Uh, the, are they always the perfect thing? Uh, you and I found that out in Estes Park, Colorado this last uh, fall slash winter when the, uh, the temperatures were well below zero for a number of days uh flip-flops are a pretty bad choice uh to be getting around camp but that being right. said i think that you know there are those little things and i if you had to break like we could go this could be a a, a multiple series you know thing but if you had to break it down break down your go bag into three things that it's like if every if your whole kit got lost what three things would you miss the most oh three things i would miss the most am i wearing what i usually wear i should sure. ask that i'll give you am that. i wearing my boots gray you, shirt you've in? got your work okay. pants your gray shirt sure i'll give you your ball cap uh you know your boots but if you lost your lost your go bag what three things would you miss the most Oh, I would definitely have to say my sleeping bag for one. I think I would miss mm -hmm. that because with a sleeping bag, you know, at the end of the day, it creates some privacy. Even if you're sleeping in like in a gym or whatever, you know, a sleeping bag provides that comfort of just a little bit of privacy and a little bit of time for you to kind of like just wind right. down. Provides that comfort. It's like a hug, yeah. right? Uh, definitely that, especially because I, I I can use my sleeping bag as a pillow too. You know, I'm I'm all about trying to find multi-purpose right. uh, tools right. if I can, um, and which also leads into a multi-tool. Uh, I have this. Uh, I was given an 
a EOD multi-tool, a Gerber multi-tool, and it's kind of a treasure keepsake for myself. And, you know, I can use that for multiple different things. And and it would be one of those tools, especially if the situation is, if my go bag did disappear on me for some reason, you know, that's Mm -hmm. bad news. But with a multi-tool, it it provides uh, tools to help you fix a situation if necessary, get through something, or, you know, even protection. You know, I don't know what situation I would be if I lost my go bag, but it must be pretty bad that, you know, I I would want something like that just for that comfort. And uh, I think finally number three, you know, I think this is going to ring true, but it might, uh, people might question this, but I think my phone, my cell phone, my smartphone, you know, it, it provides the comfort that I can reach out to people. And also, you know, we all look at our photos on there now. It's a, it's a, it's entertainment. It, it provides comfort, you know, it lets us communicate with others, especially from, you know, our families who are waiting for us to come back home after an operation. You know, it brings up a, a, a moment when I went to Nepal and we got stuck in that second earthquake. And, you know, the, the first thing that we did after being stuck in that like one and a half minute, 7.4 magnitude earthquake was we need to go and reach out to our families. And like, I, I remember we got back to the, the village, the, of Shermatang, you know, we did our assessment, make sure everybody in the village was safe. And soon enough, we're all on our phones because luckily, Oh God, luckily, uh, the, this, this hotel that they were building next to this place, um, this, they had Wi-Fi already ready and they allowed us to use it and we were able to reach out. And at this time uh, it was like uh, the earthquake happened around noon uh, in Nepal. And that's like the like dead middle of the night for all of the United right. States. So I just remember sending a text to my wife, like we're okay. Uh, we just, I don't know if you watch, you're, I, I didn't even know what time it was back in the States, but I was like, I, I'm okay. We're okay. Um, we're, we're back in a safe location. Um, I'm not sure if you saw on the news, but we were, we were caught in the second earthquake. I didn't hear back from her until later that yeah. day. So, um, uh, but uh, it, at least for her knowing when she woke up and saw that message, at least she was relieved that we we're all safe. And she didn't have to hear later that, you know, that something possibly couldn't happen or something happened if, um, if she didn't hear from us or anybody uh, from our team reaching out to their family. But, yeah, definitely a, a phone just just to be able to communicate back to loved right. ones is, is definitely on the top three. It's, it's interesting because, you know, there there's been times even domestically where you know, that doesn't work, but it is a nice touchstone to be able to look at your pictures of your, of your family and things that are familiar, share pictures with one another. Uh, and it, and it's also interesting yeah. to me when it doesn't work, you know, we've, I've gotten to a few places as, as team Urbicon's done operations in different spots and, 
you, know, you don't have internet uh, for a long time in Puerto Rico. We didn't have anything, and it was it was tough. It it meant relying on one another. It meant being able to recount those times, you know, with one another. I uh, thought that was important. I also I also think you know from a leadership standpoint, you know, we always try and make sure that given an opportunity to communicate outside of where we are, uh, we we try and afford that opportunity because. That is important. It's important to, to talk with folks. I'm also going to say this too. Uh, there is no guarantee you're even going to be able to charge up your phone, let alone get a cell signal, right. you know, signal. But you know, they're so ubiquitous as, as being a part of our being these days that I would agree. I think, uh, you know, a phone, I think instead of a multi-tool, I'm a, I'm a pocket knife guy. Um, and I'm going to say this, mm -hmm. like I love my seat and bag too, but if I have a hoodie of some sort, I'm usually pretty good to go for a while. Um, you know, being okay. out on fire, uh, that was kind of like, you know, you get, you get stuck on, on, on running night ops for whatever reason. It could be a, you know, hairy fire. That's just not, you know, cooperating and, uh, you get stuck on night ops. Uh, there's going to be a point where you're tuckered and you know, I slept on the ground, uh, with my teammates all around me and you better hope that, everybody has a hoodie. Otherwise folks are getting pretty close in the middle of the night. Um, so I, that to me is, you know, so if I had my three things, I'd be missing my, my hoodie, my pocket knife and my, my phones, I think a reasonable one. Um, but I, I think that the cool thing about, you know, a lot of what the territories do with, when they train on go bags, I think that's good information. You know, occasionally on the, you know, the different Facebook pages that Team Rubicon works with, you know, people are going to ask that question, uh, the, the go bag checklist or the deployment checklist, you know, has been gone over ad nauseum. I do like the idea that we can talk to our teammates and we should feel comfortable uh, talking to teammates and, and not just being like, hey, check this out. It's like, oh, somebody legit has a question and you know, whether it's like, you know, what kind of boots, uh, which we won't go into here. <laughs> um, but you know, <laughs> certain specific things, and I'm not afraid to have an opinion about those things because they work for me. Uh, and, and I think it's just right. gauging, you know, your investment in that and, or, um, you know, is, is it a good idea for you? I, you know, a lot of folks don't like military style backpacks and that's fine too. There's plenty of opportunities for that. Uh, you know, I know that as a Sawyer, my boots are a little bit different than what needs to happen if you're, you know, doing muckouts, uh, it's, or if you're doing some construction down in Houston. So I, I think that, you know, that you mentioned earlier about understanding the weather that you're going to be walking into, understanding, uh, you know, what's going to be asked of you or what you're down there to do, uh, and have some flexibility with that. Cause not all of us who are Sawyers are necessarily going to be deploying and, and, doing saw work. Uh, we may be asked to do other things. And I think that's fairly similar to the environment that we're in with our COVID-19 response in that what we are doing now, we did not do three, four months ago and we're doing it well. And it just shows that we have an adaptable uh, bunch of volunteers who are willing to go out and, and do great work uh, in their communities. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, the other thing that kind of the, what you would be missing, you know, when you're all kind of stuck at camp with whatever you've got, 
you start realizing that you don't need much. You kind of need each other. And those creature comforts, you know, my coffee is really so that my attitude doesn't suck in the morning, but you know, you really, it's each (laughs) other. You know, we can all tolerate smelly teammates. We can all tolerate, you know, a little bit of bad breath. Uh, but if we're not getting decent sleep and if we're not supporting one another, it starts becoming harder than it needed to be. Yeah. If you're comfortable, if you're feeling good, then those you're working with, you know, around you, they're going to feel good too. Cause you know, your attitude really drives people, motivates people. And as you're saying, if you're, if you're not getting the best sleep, if you're not comfortable, you know, this, you got to look and like, what, what's causing that? How can I fix that right. situation? Cause you know, attitude can, you know, it can reflect on other people. And it can change the mood of a deployment. And every deployment is different right. for everybody. Yeah. It's it's their own mm-hmm. journey, their own adventure. And if you are prepared, if you're you know, you're good to go because of, you know, the the comforts of knowing what you're what you're expecting, what you're what you know of your gear, what you know about yourself. That you know that can rub on to other people in a in a, in a both positive and negative uh, right. fashion. So, you know, so having a good attitude, you know, it 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 comes from yeah. your gear as well. You know what you bring with you. You know, like little things that you know I always I always bring with me. Whether I'm I'm, you know, just doing a service project for a weekend or gone for a week or two, I always bring some earplugs. You never know what you're going to get. And, you know, I don't want to make a teammate feel bad. So I'm just going to deal with it. It's my problem. I can't sleep because so-and-so is snoring or making some noise. Um, I've been around some, some midnight talkers. That's pretty interesting. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. I, again, I've mentioned coffee a couple of times, you know, I know that's my tick in the morning. If I have that, I'm good to go. You know, it, it, the, the day can suck, but I've got my coffee in me and my attitude is, is strapped on in a positive way. Um, so I, I am going to ask this of you. So I've asked you what three things you can't live without. What are your three things that they're kind of like your, your extra, like, Oh, so glad I brought this thing. Like three, like, like there's three <laughs> things that's like, I, I, you know, like, and especially if you've learned that this is a good thing. And I'm, I'm thinking of a couple things because we've talked about this before, but what are those three things that like, oh yeah, this just totally made this whole thing a lot easier. I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. That's I, a I'm good question. You today. Uh, definitely huh? a pillow. And I usually, I have a, I can right. live without a pillow because I can, I can, like I said, I can utilize that. The, the sleeping bag sack and stuff yeah. dirty clothes in there and use that as a yeah. pillow for the night. Right. But yeah, definitely. I, I can live without a, a pillow cause I can slip, uh, simplify my gear if I needed to. Um, but it, the pillow I bring is, you know, yeah. one of those blow up ones that, you know, they're compactable. They're like the size yeah. of your fist. So it's easy to stuff anywhere. But yeah, I can definitely live without one of those. But it's nice to have. Like um, it's like, oh yeah, this just the things just got good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because uh, I know for myself, uh, I am the last one to sleep, first right. one to wake up, because I'm 
trying to uh, transmit, you know, tons of photos and video back to, you know, Team Rubicon headquarters. And so if I have, you know, I'm all about trying to be a comfortable sleeper. And if I can be comfortable, if I can sleep like really good that night, I'm, I'm willing to get up real early to finish what I yeah. need to do. But yeah, but I can, I definitely can sacrifice a pillow as one. Uh, two, ooh, two. That's a that's a tough one. Actually, this is a tough this is a tough selection because <laughs> I've already simplified my gear and right. you know to to almost a bare minimum. But I mean, uh, again, this is this is know, like that 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 thing that you learned that oh, this just it may seem a little silly right now on the surface, but it it has so much yeah. variety and so much capability that this just really you know this is worth packing. Okay, I think I got it. My two and three. So my number two is a uh, uh, one of those USB like power nice. bricks, yep. right? Don't really need it, but you know you don't want to be fighting for an outlet or looking for an outlet wherever right. you're at. And sometimes you don't even know if you're going to have electricity. Mm-hmm. So can I live without it? Yes. Does it provide a comfort? Yep. Definitely, especially when you're in your rack and you're charging your phone right yep. next to you. And you're using your phone to listen to music or, you know, look at pictures or, you know, keeping in touch with yep. loved ones. It, it helps. That way in the morning you don't have to worry about having a dead right. dead phone or something. And then number three, this is the toughest one. And that's my yeah. schmog, you know, my scarf. It's my trademark, like, attire for, my you know, my Team Rubicon Ensemble, you know is having a schmog and i can live without it but there's it's such a tool i don't know if no anyone knows this but a schmog is a tool in absolutely itself. yeah but like i know a lot of people like oh you know you can use it to keep yourself warm like a, you know as a scarf um you can get it wet and you know cool your you know your neck which helps cool the rest of your body uh, you can use it for survival purposes, for like water filtration, making bandages, using it as a splint. You know, it's just such a great tool. And you know, for me, I, I look pretty cool yeah. with one. You look sporty, um, I tell you. You I, do. I, I, I do. I had to give a shout out to uh, Matthew Watson for <laughs> supplying me my red, white, and blue schmog because I wore smogs schmogs before, but that one, yeah. That's like a, it's kind of my icon, my nice. trademark now is that schmog, but uh, but definitely that's out of everything. That's probably my number one, my top in my top three is my schmog. Nice, I, and I think that having those things that you know are important touchstones for you that give you that you know confidence that I got the things I need, you know. Uh, both on fire and on Team Rubicon, my I, I bring a particular pocket knife with me that I feel is just a great tool. I've you know, I've cut sandwiches in half of it with it. I've dug out crap out of my chainsaw that is just absolutely, you know, stuck in there. Uh, geez, I, there's so many things that I think a pocket knife, you know, for me does. So I, I think having those little things, I, you know, I've, I've talked with other people and they're like, Oh my God, if I don't have my toothbrush and toothpaste, I'm in trouble. It just is, that's their thing. And I'm totally okay with that. I was like, cool. Um, you know, I, I, 
everybody's got their thing. And, uh, and I think that embracing that and understanding it is, is really important to know that, all right, if I've got this thing, I'm comfortable and the rest of it can, can go to hell, but, uh, if I'm comfortable, um, and, and I think that, you know, to your point, your, your three things are those comfort things that provide a little bit of security and identity. And I, I think yeah. that that's important. And, you know, especially as we're going, you know, into the fall, which typically is a busier season for us from a disaster response side of things and knowing that, you know, we are going to respond and, you know, just don't know what that looks like yet. But I do think that having this time to take a look at your at your go bag, understanding it, if you're making yourself available, you've committed to being ready. Uh, those are really important steps. Those are big commitments that you're making to yourself and to the organization and to a community. And having your gear kind of laid out. It was funny after we had this conversation the other day, kind of ahead of time. Uh, I kind of went through the bag that I typically bring and understood, okay. you know, like, oh, well, these things are are still important to me. And, you know, suddenly you start, well, but am I going to need this? Is Am I going to need to make room for other things? Uh, I'm pretty bad about bringing one gray shirt, which is not always a great idea. I have some horribly stained <laughs> gray shirts that I've had to put up with. And now they're kind of like, oh, look at how gnarly that thing looks. Uh, but I also feel yeah, that just shows all the work you've done, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe. or just something really dirty, filthy, which is possible. Um, but I, I think that, you know, having this time to kind of reevaluate where we're at with our kit, not getting too hung up on whether it's a military style pack or it's this brand or that brand, those are values that each of us hold and, you know, you can talk with somebody who's in a, you know, in, in a different position in life and is coming at this, like, I just need a bag to hold stuff. I don't need all the cool Molly on the outside of it strap stuff too, or I don't need, you know, a carabiner or whatever. You know, I, I think that we all find the things that we value. And the cool thing is, is once we get in our first deployment, we're going to learn so much about what we need and what we don't need. And we're going to get this taught to us by our own experience and by those around us who care about us having uh, a time that is impactful to us and the community that we're serving. I want to set this challenge to your listeners. Go in, take a look at your go bag, take a picture of it. Let's see your go bag. Post yeah. it. Yeah. Let's post it. it on the, whenever, you know, this podcast comes up post in the comments like let's see your go bag guys and give us input you know like you said michael everybody has their own different go bag everybody has their own different needs and if we can see all these go bags and see what everyone is bringing we can learn from each other and get some you know great advice from our our the great the, the tr nation out there to see what you know what is what is what everybody's go bag looks like. Yeah. I, I like that idea. I'll make that commitment that when this, when this episode airs, we'll, we'll have a couple of different uh, places on social media where people can comment and can post up their own stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll make a commitment to post up my, my go bag and uh, I, we've already seen yours. So I'll, I'll make sure that mine's up there as well. 
And, and again, I, you know, we, we talk about the go bag as a metaphor, uh, and, and it's also a real thing. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta schlep your stuff around. And I think that this also talks about some self-sufficiency, uh, and kind of that support that we're going to provide one another. You know, I've mentioned a couple times, you know, coffee is my thing. I, there are via packets in every single backpack that I own because I know that's my thing. So I take care of my coffee needs. Uh, on the other side of it, um, you know, somebody else is going to maybe need specific things. You know, hey, I, I have medication that I need to bring. Yeah, we've got to accommodate that. You've got to bring that with it. Uh, so that self-sufficient mentality of the things that you have to have. Hey, I always have to sleep with a pillow. It's just how I am. Great. Then bring a pillow, you know, take care of those things so that it's not about the things that you don't have. It's you've got what you need to do the work that you're there to do and be as light as you possibly can as far as, you know, resources. Um, you know, I'm all for making sure that uh, as many people as possible can get their phone charged on a, on a nightly basis, but there are going to be times when that isn't going to be an option. Uh, you know, same thing goes with the internet. I mean, we always try and make sure there's a little bit of Wi-Fi available for folks, but it's, uh, it, it may not. Um, so the things that you need, to communicate, to uh, be comfortable, to exist. Uh, again, I'm looking at you know medications or specific things. You want to make sure those are taken care of. Uh, and certainly, if you need something, you want to speak up before it gets bad. But um, I do think that our go bags are that kind of mental preparation for we're ready to move, we're ready to go, go be good humanitarians, and take care of folks. Yeah. I so any, you know, as you're looking at, at this and looking at this, uh, this whole conversation, what's kind of that last little bit, that last little thing that, that I think you think is important that people, people ought to hear. I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, I think it's important for everyone to kind of reevaluate, reevaluate their go bag and just to be familiar with it and kind of be familiar with yourself as well and take inventory with what you need what is a necessity what is like eh, it would add comfort and even look at like really do i really need this again you know the go bag is a, a it's a representation of who you are and how willing and prepared you are when a disaster happens because when you get the call to go out you're you're one of the people that's going to make an impact on the communities that have less than what we you have at home and exactly if you can be ready be prepared when you know the time comes when you can just grab that bag and go you're really truly you know it really shows how much of a great gray shirt you are to this organization I think, I think it's a great way to put it. And I, I appreciate your time. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that, that you put this together and kind of put it out there. It's a little revealing. Like it's a little like, Oh, I'm kind of putting this out in the world and you may or may not get some grief about it. I, I you know, everything uh, as far as comments about it has been really positive. And I think it's a great image 
And again, this, this image will be up in association specifically on, on the Facebook page. We'll try and put it out uh, as well on some of the other social media things that it's a great image that starts a good conversation about what you really need to go do the work that we do in communities that need our help. And for that, Jonathan, I, I appreciate that vulnerability to, to be putting that out there. Well, thank you, Michael, for having me. Uh, it's great to just kind of share, you know, my input on a go bag. Uh, as you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm out and about and lugging a lot of gear, but definitely the go bag is an essential piece of being a, a, a gray shirt ready to take action. There are all kinds of ways to think about your go bag. How we prepare before the call is made to respond makes a difference in the quality of your choices and how they affect your time away from home. So let's see and hear what you have in your bag of tricks. Comment on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn and share a picture of your go bag. Come on, it'll be fun. Create a discussion, learn a few pro tips, and interact with your team. As always, thanks for listening.